You have to bear with me this morning. I've tried to be clever today and I've tried to put everything that I'm going to use this morning onto my phone, onto technology. I never do this, but I thought I'd embark on the, on the 21st century and uh, try and be smart. So this morning, this is, we've got three topics to speak on during this, uh, the next few weeks. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, where are we? As a church, where are we? What do you want to say to your people this morning? And the Lord has given me, I think, this word for us today. And it's based on this word wait. And quite often when we see this word wait, it's a really negative word. You know, when I turn on a computer and it's, it's configuring, yeah, or it says, oh, it's updates and you've got to wait, I often feel like throwing that computer out of a window. Or if you're in a restaurant, they say, oh, it's going to be, you know, a 30-minute wait for food. You just think, come on. Um, So often that word is quite negative. But this morning, I feel like actually it's a real positive for us. And I want to share the way, and this is a bizarre little analogy, to share the way I think the, the Lord wants to communicate it. My two children, four and eight, they do this thing to which they think is hilarious and one of them really quietly will go wait for it and then the other one will go wait for it and then the other one goes a little bit louder wait for it wait for it wait for it and then they'll say something really ridiculous like bottoms, yeah? And they fall about laughing and they think it's hilarious, okay? But in that really, I don't think the Lord's a childish as that, but I think he's like for us this morning, church, just wait for it. Just wait for it. And we've been looking at this series of untapped potential and I feel like lots of us know that we have untapped potential. Lots of us know that we've got these giftings. We know we've got a gifting of healing or a prophetic word or gift in certain ministry or the gift of administration or something. And we've got to this point where we're like, Lord, I'm actually desperate to do this for you. I'm desperate to live for you. And the Lord's just like, hang on, just, just wait for it. And what I want to speak at this morning is what do we do in that time where God's just like, just wait for it? Because we can't just stand still. We can't just like allow life just to be put on pause. And at the same time, we won't want to just get into everyday life and forget about the fact that actually we're waiting on the Lord. And I want to look at this through Isaiah 40. And um, I'm going to read the whole of Isaiah 40. I'm not going to speak on the whole of Isaiah 40. You'll be glad to know. Um, but I am going to read the whole of it because it's just a fantastic chapter. But I am going to focus on like the second part of it. So I'm going to read all of it from now. Oh, here we go. It's going to come up on here as well. And um, it starts, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I just want to make one point on that beginning, is I feel that that's really relevant for our church. I feel like the Lord is saying, wait for it, prepare the way of the Lord. And he's saying, actually, everything that you've experienced before, any, any bumps, any lows, he's going to come and he's going to create a plane a voice says cry and I said what shall I cry all flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of the field the grass withers the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it 
Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. Go up on a hill, sorry, go up on a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult? And who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are counted as dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor is its beast enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. To whom then will they liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol? A craftsman casts it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts it in a silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood and that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to step out of an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told from you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and and makes the rulers of the earth emptiness. Scarcely they are planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? that I should be like him, says the holiness, Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them out by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall and exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. These are great verses. And I just want to look at what Isaiah is trying to say to us through them, which is really prevalent for our church at this time. The first thing I want to draw out is it asks lots of questions. It says, like, have you not heard? Do you not know? And Isaiah is actually confirming whether we know who God is. 
And the first thing that I want to say in terms of waiting on God, in terms of waiting and anticipating this excitement, we can never forget who he is. And there's beautiful illustrations in Isaiah that he kind of holds the mountains in his hands. He stretches out the heavens. You know, our world is a fascinating world, but it is vast. It is huge. In fact, it would take from this earth a modern spacecraft 450 million years to just reach the center of our galaxy. And yet it says in Isaiah that God just spreads out his hands over the heavens. You know, that is how big our God is. We can never forget how vast he is. When we're waiting for him and God's saying, just wait for it, we trust in the fact that he is all-seeing, that he is all-knowing, and that he has this huge kind of expanse and this knowledge of everything that is going on. We can never forget that about our God. The second thing it talks in there is it says, like, whom can we compare? Like, and it talks about how God can reduce princes and like rulers to emptiness. And at this moment, we, we know King Charles. We know the power of political people, that they, the stance that they have in the world, the like, influence they have in their world. And quite often, sometimes this can make us concerned, this can make us worried when we hear of certain things that's happening. But at the same time, I feel like God's just drawing us to remember his power. Because God is a really powerful God. You know, we've spoken a lot about that this morning. We've sung a lot about the fact that God is our healer, that his blood can change us and transform us instantly. Thank you for bringing that word, Chris. That we... That, he is a God who is a transformational God and we can never forget his power it says in Isaiah that his word just his word will endure forever just his word for me this has particular significance because when I'm a um I teach English, I studied literature, and one thing we studied when we looked at the um when I did my degree is is the words that have lived throughout time And obviously the first word that we actually studied was the Bible. And so many people throughout time has tried to get rid of this book. So for example, in AD 303, a Roman emperor um, instructed that every copy, every single manuscript of the Bible should be burnt. And he ensured that. There was huge kind of consequence if you were found with any evidence of the Bible. Years later, in 1778, when Voltaire, like a French um, writer and kind of scholar, he said that it will be really soon after his death that the Bible will become so irrelevant that it will just die out. People will stop printing it because actually due to its irrelevance. And you know, this book is banned in so many countries still today. You're not allowed to catch reading. I remember when Kate went on holiday years ago, it was said when she was um, to go away that she wasn't allowed to take a Bible and she was trying to think of ways around that uh, to the country she was going to. This book is power. And yet today, if you still search up on Google, what is the, you know, the most popular book? What book has the biggest number of sales? It is the Bible. People have tried to burn this. People have tried to get rid of it. And yet the word of our God endures forever. That's the power of our God. 
Like this is just, like it's not just paper, but you know what I mean? It's the word of the Lord, but it's captured in paper. Surely you think this should be pretty easy to get rid of, but it has endured forever. If the Lord can make this last, think of what he can do with the Holy Spirit in your life. Think of the impact he can have through you. That is the power of our God. And I think Isaiah 40 this morning reminds us of this is how big God is. And this is how powerful God is. And then we have to look at what that means for us in terms of this waiting. And I think we know as well, personally, on a personal level, we've, quite a lot of us have experienced the power of God in our lives. That when we're asked, when God says, just wait for it, we can draw back on times where actually in our past, God has been a really powerful God in our lives. I know some of us here in the congregation have experienced healing, healing from cancer, healing from illness, healing from disease, um, emotional healing as well. I've heard quite a few people that have been saved completely by addiction. Um, we know people that have prophesied into completely unknown situations that we've been going through. Someone in this church a couple of weeks ago sent me a message and it was so poignant for the time that she never knew about. It blows my mind and your mind, you're like, God, you are real. <laughs> you know, it's those confirming moments, isn't it? Like, crikey, God, you are real. You know, and people within this church as well have gone off and planted churches, have sown churches. We've seen churches grow. And we're called back to be reminded of those times of our lives where we've experienced the power of God. You know, one time in my life particularly is um, a time when I experienced night terrors. I grew up having really, really, like really vivid night terrors quite a lot. And this is kind of like a double barrel testimony. Um, and I remember my mum one night after me not sleeping consistently for a period of time, sitting on my bed and just praying in tongues over me whilst I slept. And every time I woke up in the night, my mum was still there praying in tongues. I have not had a night terror since that night. And you know, it's not coincidence. It's not something that I just think... Um, you know, coincidentally in a worldly fashion, it's just happened. There was something spiritual going on there. There was some sort of spiritual battle that my mum realised, sat on the edge of my bed and spoke into. And I realised from that moment, as a young girl, my God is powerful. Years later, and I hope Jack doesn't mind me just calling out his name, but um, Jack also, Jack King, suffered from night terrors. And we were at an event and... Um, he asked me to pray for anyway he he said I've got nice and I knew I knew inside me this is a spiritual battle and I was like I am up for this <laughs> like I can take this on and we prayed over Jack and Jack still to this day hasn't had a night terror you know because that's the power of our God that even things whilst we're sleeping that we have no control over our God can come and he can heal them you know, it says, and I say, have you not heard? Do you not know? And I really feel that God's this morning saying, have you not heard? Do you not know? This is how big I am. This is how powerful I am. Just wait for it, church. And I just have a last couple of things, therefore, 
as we wait on God, we've got to look at how we do that. And we've got to be reminded of, of people that wait consistently for things in the world around us. So for example, like a soldier, a soldier whilst he's waiting for battle trains. A teacher while she's waiting to teach is planning. A builder while he's waiting to build gains materials. A footballer whilst you see them, don't you? Whilst they're waiting to play, whilst they're on the bench, they run up and down the field, do their stretches. A chef will buy produce. And as Christians, Joe reminded us of how we should be a few weeks ago when he talked about Matthew 25 and the parable of the virgins. And he said that there was these 10 virgins. Some of them made sure that they filled their lamps fully with oil whilst they waited for a bridegroom to come. And some of them hadn't done that. They hadn't equipped themselves with enough oil that they needed. And so therefore, their, their lamps burnt out when it got dark. They had to run off, get some more oil. But in doing so, they missed the bridegroom arriving. And so I feel like God today is saying, wait for it. But whilst you're doing that, make sure your oil is full. Make sure you're planned. Make sure you've got your materials. Make sure you've got the produce. Make sure everything is ready for when the Lord comes. Because I do feel that as a church, the Lord, we've got to think about carefully, and this is quite personal to one church, and I apologise if you're visiting today, but come again because it's really exciting. I feel like the church is at a super exciting time. But this church has been on a journey. And I feel like the church has been, uh, the Lord has been making us as a congregation stronger. I feel like he's been training us. I feel like we're on the sides of a football match, running up and down, doing our stretches. I feel like as, you know, we're about to cook a big meal, we're gathering all our produce. And I feel like the Lord's just saying, just keep going, just wait for it. But make sure you are ready. And physically how we make sure we're ready is we make sure we know how big he is. We make sure we know how powerful he is. We make sure that we read his word, which has endured forever. We make sure that we keep praying into his Holy Spirit and being filled with his Holy Spirit. And the Lord is saying, wait for it. And I believe that there is a time where God is just going to say, and here it is. But we will be ready. We will be equipped. And so I'm going to ask the band to come up and play if that's okay. Whilst the band come up and play, there's just one little bit from Isaiah 40 that, that has constantly been speaking to me. Um, and it says really simple. I'm just scrolling to it. Here we go. It's verse 6. And it says, a voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? And I love this. And if you might, don't mind, if you can, if you might, don't mind standing at this point. Because I feel like this captures really beautifully where we're at our church. So many of us have that potential. So many of us are desperate to see God. So many of us are on the edge of our seat. But at the same time, we're like, Lord, just what shall I cry? What shall I do? And we just need to wait for that moment where the release. And I just feel like this morning is this morning where God might say, this is what you should cry. This is what's on your heart. This is what you should speak out. I thank you for Chris this morning because she just spoke out. She says, it's such a simple word, wasn't it, Chris? Like the blood of Jesus. Just say, just speak the blood of Jesus. And I feel like if that's on your heart this morning, Lord, I'm desperate to cry out for you. 
I know and I acknowledge you're a big God. I acknowledge you are a powerful God. I acknowledge your word endures forever. But I'm on the edge of my seat and I want to cry out to you. I just pray for revelation now. And we can have it now. We can have it now. So I'm just going to pray and then we'll just cry out to God. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you hold this world in your hand. That the galaxies are just microscopic in comparison to you, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that you've equipped us with a book so powerful that no one has been able to destroy it, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that you have given us gifts. You have placed in us this untapped potential that no one can destroy. And this morning, Lord, we just stand here waiting for you, waiting for the glory that you are about to pour in this place. And in response, Lord, we cry out to you, Lord. Lord, we know that if we didn't cry out to you, the rocks would. But Lord, let us now during worship bring revelation to us, Lord. Bring prophetic vision to us, Lord. Bring insight to us, Lord. Help us to be prepared in the best way for your coming. Amen.